Welcome back here to another episode of the Challenge Insiders on Reality Pop. I'm back, your host Chris, with Drew and Chantal to talk about the Challenge 37 and All-Stars, the latest episodes here this week. Um, and we just had this massive conversation prior to going live, <laughs> Drew, about Brad's great beard. Um, and at the moment, it is Movember, so you can only grow the moustache for now. Um, but when will we see you attempt you know, the big beard, when are you going to go down that direction? I feel like we need a, a month for growing beards as well. I mean, I mean, that, I mean, November is uh, like multi-dimensional where you can have just a mustache or just grow the beard with no shave November. Uh, I think I'm going to go completely shaven for December and then January. Let's kick into the gear. Let's, let's get a beard going. Let's get it back. So I'm mm. excited. So By the way, good to beard. hear yeah 100 percent. and good to hear that you've got a little bit more energy back this week after feeling a little bit down uh last week so i'm expecting big things from here today uh <laughs> drew in this podcast chantelle how are you doing since we spoke and um you know do you is it a yay or a nay on the beards for you like i'd, I'd like to know because you were kind of saying you can't relate to this beard talk we had before <laughs> we went live <laughs> well i think it looks good but I'm always wondering whenever I see someone with a beard, does that mean that they have a weak chin? Because I'm always mm. like, is it like hiding like a, a chin that's weak, which is, you know, considered to be not super masculine. So I'm always curious what's behind the beard. If I only know somebody with a beard um, and never seen them without it. Um, mm. I do find that it does, you know, give that, you know, traditionally masculine appearance, masculine look. Um, but I don't like, kissing a beard it's kind of it kind of grosses me out a little bit but i think it looks good and i think it photographs well and it has a nice aesthetic to it but uh, the smooches are kind of it's kind of gross <laughs> <laughs> no fair enough fair enough um and i'm wondering Ooh, if the, it, like <laughs> I, I i know i know we're gonna start off on um i guess season 37 before we go into the all-stars but I'm, I'm i'm the jury's still out of you know brad is like um samson in the bible with the long hair the longer the hair got the more power he got is the beard going to be the same thing for him this season because i've never seen him have that beard in any of his previous seasons so um it'll be interesting to see how well he performs here this um season on all-stars but we will go into the challenge 37 here before we jump into all-stars a very sad episode for me personally i've seen it coming a million miles away but this is the final downfall here of big t this episode um she goes up against emmy here in the elimination emmy proving to be an absolute beast this season winning her fourth elimination down there which you know give credit where it's due she's been doing pretty well um in those elimination scenarios but let's start with big t here chantel um Really, it hasn't gone her way this whole season. And even at the end here, no one really wanted her around. No one was shouting for her to come back. She felt pretty hurt and betrayed by um, CT, who took her under, under her wing in the previous um, season. Way too for Big T from here, because I know she's going to take a break. She said that she wants to take a break from the show. Um, way too for Big T from here. And what does Big T need to do differently to come back and have a bit, of, a bit more of an impact. Like, we all like her as a TV character. We think she brings a lot to the show. She's a very nice person. We all like seeing her on the show. But um, it's starting to feel like, you know, she's just getting beaten down during the show season after season at this point. 
I think what the issue is with C with Big T is that she wouldn't have auditioned for this show. Like she wouldn't have. It's, I don't feel like it's a show that she would have wanted to be on or be a part of. And I, I'm sure she was approached. She was on shipwrecked. Um, it's a great opportunity. Come to go on kind of a vacation. I just don't know if she's ever really had her heart in this game. I know the first her first season, she went out first first elimination. And she came back and I was excited for her to come back and see what she was going to do. And she did a little bit better and she was improving. But I don't think that her heart is in this type of game. Um, I mm. could maybe see her on the real world, but I don't see her doing road rules. So I just don't know if she would have been somebody that would have transitioned into the challenge organically if she was part of the MTV, you know, whatever the model and so i think that she if she wants to come back she really has to completely do a 180 on her physicality uh she completely has to do some gate like pre-gaming um i know that we don't really care for that that much but she's gonna have to become friendly with some people and have some people protecting her because she doesn't have anybody that cares for her to be in the game um and that is a problem when you're playing a game especially now that we're in these teams and like you know you want to have people that you're going to be running with if she has no friends but she's just gonna be fighting the whole time and she's not great so far at this fight so she's really gonna have to make some friends and she's really gonna have to get into like really strong shape like not even just like endurance wise but she has to like practice everything uh to come back competitively but i don't see her doing that yeah that's this, this is the thing back in the day i think big t would have been a really strong competitor when it was real world versus road rules. And back in the day when they used to do some of the more like fluffier types of challenges and uh, like elimination. Like water or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like those types of challenges. Whereas this time and this modern era of the challenge is like American Ninja Warrior. It is like high level, high intensity. You're going to be wrestling something. You're, something's going to be on fire. Like it just, it helps those that are already strong athletically, like a Fessy, like a Casey or CT, who's getting back into shape. Whereas some of the players that come in for the more quote unquote entertainment or drama are kind of getting lost in the way because it's like Amber M or a big T kind of, or Michi also as well. Um, I will say that big T did take to Instagram saying that she is done with the challenge. Like she done, done, done. She's completely done. She said yesterday was my final episode of the challenge. And she said she's done, but she kind of leaves the door open. Like maybe she'll come back. Uh, she's always going to keep on training, keep on getting better in case she does come back. But she pretty much said that she was accepted into her cooking program and she's going to completely go fully into that. And, but she did start off saying that when one door closes, one, another door opens and, Yesterday was my last episode of the challenge. So that's what mm. she was saying on the post. Listen, I think that with Big T, Chantel hit it on the head. I don't think the show is for her. Like, I mean, I've loved seeing her on the show. If she's going to take it serious and she wants to win it, she's going to have to change some things like, you know, Logan and her has a conversation here about her um, probably having six donuts in her pocket before the next um, challenge and things like that. And she loves her food. So if she's going to go do a cooking show, a food show, maybe that is more something that she's passionate about. She doesn't come across as someone that's passionate about training. And um, we've had 
this conversation many a times on this podcast, the show is turning into more of uh, another Olympics or another like sports physical type of show. So I, I don't see a changing in the near future in regards to that. I will miss Big T on the challenge, but I also think that this has been a great opportunity for her to um, get a name out there, um, get a bit more followers and things like that. So I think overall, if this is her last season, there's enough that she has gained from being on the show that um, it, she would have made it worth her while and there would be other opportunities that can come from this. And she's definitely still a great reality TV personality or character. And there's other reality TV shows that she might fit in really well. Um, you know, I, I could see her do something like a Big Brother, even in the UK, when they do the next celebrity version. I don't know if Big Brother UK, UK is still going on. I could see her um, easily jump into things like Survivor, where you don't always have to be the, the person that's going <laughs> to physically not dominate. Eating? Not eating? Well, yeah, maybe, maybe the not eating part would really really bother her but i i do think that you know big t that she like at the end of the day we've got to look at the mental health side of this and i think that um it's it's been shown now a few times with different players that have played the show for quite a long time and i think um cara maria is a great example of someone who played it and the game changed her personality because she was getting betrayed by people she thought you know there was some loyalty and friendships outside of the game i think big t is is it's early enough in her challenge career where she can get out of it before she really gets jaded and the last thing I want to see with Big T is she's always had this big smile on her face. She's always taken things on 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 her stride when things happen. Even when she gets eliminated, she's got that smile. I don't want her to lose her light, if that makes sense. So if this is how she keeps her light and her sanity by stepping away and doing something else, I fully endorse it. Um, I think that the show is a lot harder than we as fans can really appreciate because we only see them for an hour, hour and a half on our screens every week where they spend in that time so many hours with these people. They bond with them in after shows. They they talk to them in between seasons, you know? And I think we even see it there, this episode with the friendship between Kyle and CT, which looks like it's going to continue to go down uh, a, a downward slope, a downward trajectory. And I think I was probably one of the few people here last week that didn't feel like CT was playing it up. Um, I, I think that CT and Kyle, there's some serious issues there. And I'm a little bit worried for Sapphire at this point. Um, I'm with Emmy. She's not going to fix them, but how are these two going to work together? I mean, we thought this whole season CT could still win this, but at some point these two guys are going to have to make peace or learn to work together. It seems like the issues are very deep rooted between those two at this point. I don't really know what's going on with CT at this point. Um, like he's usually the person that's able to put his feelings aside to be able to get what needs to be done, done in order for them to win. And so the fact that he has so hard up on everything that Kyle is doing. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you think he was snaky for the fact that he was trying to win in those situ in that particular situation. Fine. Maybe you don't fully trust him, but trust that if he's choosing to go to your team, he wants to win with, you and he thinks that that's the best route for him to do so he doesn't think that he would be able to be competitive if he jumped onto emerald and take whose spot would he take take devon's spot devon would is his friend he'd be pissed off at that but devon's not that particularly strong so be running it with him and devon as as opposed to with emmanuel it doesn't really make any sense so the fact that he's so upset that kyle moved to his team i, I still haven't figured out why he's so angry and then even within that challenge 
they weren't they weren't going to win that daily. They had three people. The winning team had five people, and the 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 close runner up had four people. Regardless of whether we felt that Big T was pulling her weight, she was at some point when she went into the right vehicle. She was moving around these money these these blocks of money, and like she was helping a little bit. If it wasn't just keeping the pace and like getting you know taking some weight every once in a while by dumping some money in a bag. So the fact that he was blaming Kyle for losing this particular daily as well. I'm just like, there was no way you were going to no. win. So I don't yeah. know what CT's problem is. Is he feeling guilty that he's going to have to like maybe dump him and um, Emmy at some point and he's going to go over to Sapphire? Like is maybe wow. he ruined his whole master plan. Like maybe he just wanted to find a way to not be running it with Emmy because like, oh, well, I'm going to have to go down now and then I'll go back to a team. I don't want to be by myself. Like, I don't know. There must be some more going on that has nothing to do with Kyle because I don't feel like CT's acting rationally at all. Th that's a massive call by you there, um, saying that CT might leave that team. And I've not even thought about this. After Emmy has gone back to Uncle C the CT this whole season, you know, he's he's really turned his back on Big T after last season. And potentially he could be turning his back here. And again, I mean, he did it in that season to Big T as well. But I think this betrayal will be a worse betrayal than even last year because Emmy has worked her butt off to get to where she is currently winning four of these eliminations, following CT everywhere. Um, she is hanging by every word um, that he says. And I think that, to me, it would be heartbreaking to see him do that. And you could be right there, Chantel. Um, and I know what you what do you think, Drew. Like, he could be feeling guilty because he knows he might have to make a very scumbag move here towards the end of the game. I don't think CT really wants to go into an elimination. It's so close to the finals. I think they all think that there's only going to be one more men's elimination. And I don't think CT wants to be a part of it. I think this is the frustration of just the whole season, just coming in and play at this one daily challenge, because like everybody was saying, they weren't going to win this. And so he's mm -hmm. frustrated because after winning two in a row and then Kyle switches out Logan and now they're going to be on the losing streak again, he's just frustrated. I think he's, he's making Kyle the scapegoat because Kyle wasn't a part of those winning teams so with Kyle coming over and then them losing, even though it was going to be a loose, lose situation, no matter what, he's like frustrated because I'm having to do this thing. I'm having to lug all this money. I have to put all my like play and heart into this, even though I know we're not going to win. Like This is just frustrating. It's frustrating to me. And then he's thinking this is a women's elimination. Like I could lose Emmy. Like this could be, I put so much hard work and preparation into her to get her to this point and to set myself up and my team up and it could be all gone like that. I'm going to be on a team with Kyle. And then what's going to say that Kyle's not going to be thrown into another elimination on the guy's day. And then it's just going to be CT. But well, him himself. by himself might not be a bad move to run the final. That's not bad. Yeah, that's, that's very <laughs> like, efficient. Unless wow. he has to move like 50 tires in the finals. Exactly. Oh, next to, exactly. like you would have to be very efficient, but I just think it's just frustrations over three months of playing this game and going into like a quarantine second quarantine and he sees that the end is near and then you could lose so much of what you've tried to prepare for yourself in mm -hmm. an instant 
in and one episode. I think episode. the format really sucks. Like, I did like, you know, the shakeup of putting them into these cells, but we've said it already, and I've said it many times. Like, they really should have been keeping teams of six as long as they could and just dissolving one team. And then they would have had two teams that were a little bit more equally stacked. Um, I think that that's yeah. the way to play it because it's not entertaining in my opinion to see Emerald win over and over again when numbers is the majority of what is factoring into their wins. It has nothing to do with yeah. them being great. It has nothing to do with them being smart or, or being more strategic. It has to do with the fact that nobody has infiltrated them because they keep on winning like it's just it's it's just the format yeah. sucks it, yeah. it shouldn't be five three four five three three four five like it shouldn't be like that it should be even across the board for these competitions and it's really unfair um and maybe that's also why ct is a little bit irritated because it's like i'm in a lose-lose situation here and i can't even do anything to help myself yeah, I, I agree. I mean, th the numbers have been an issue for a while now, and I would much rather see them take a leaf out of Survivor's book. I know the challenge, we need to, everybody to compete, but I would rather have a sit-out bench, have a yes. couple of people sit out a challenge, make the numbers fair so that it doesn't come down to what we've been seeing, like this challenge specifically, having to move 2,000 pounds of weight with two duffel bags. I mean, it was always going to come down to who's got more bodies that can help carry those bags to the other end. Um, and Sapphire had the biggest disadvantage going into this one with only three players um, in the game where Kyle and um, CT was always going to carry the bulk of that weight. I'm sure Emmy did a lot of work as well, but they were always going to carry the bulk of the weight. And we don't know the distance that they had to run, um, but it would tire anyone out. And, and one of the things that stood out for me is that we didn't see, again, I would have loved to see like a timer how long are they doing this challenge? Like, because the longer the challenge is, the the more tired people are going to get um, when they're doing it. And and Ruby was impressive here this episode. They they really challenged Emerald um, to quite a degree, at least towards the end there. Um, with you know Nelson doing extremely well, um, probably deserving more. I think if this was an equal numbers game, Ruby would have had a chance here potentially even to take it out. Because let's be honest, they only had three people as well. Because Love her or hate her, Big T did not really help all that much in this specific challenge. She was just running in between, helping the other team with the money, pushing it into the car, you know. But I'm sure she helped a little bit, at least putting, like, the stacks of Maybe, money in yeah. the bag, right? While, while one person just taking a little bit of a breather, she's able to just, like, be, give a, somebody a little bit of a rest moment while they're at the, the, the vaults. So... Like, I know that she didn't do much, and I know that show, they showed her making that error, and so it looks like they were that she was a disadvantage to a certain degree, but I do think that she helped a little bit to make it be more advantageous for them to have a fourth person. Yeah, but not in the aftermath, they talked about how that was all Big T was given, was just run. Run with us, because apparently, I guess there's a rule that everybody had to be with each other when you dump the money and when you pick out all the money from the vault, hmm. so... They just had Big T going, squashing around all the money, and then running back and forth. That's all her responsibility was. That's all they gave her. And if that's all they gave her, then she did exactly what she was supposed to do, in my opinion. Yeah, except going to the wrong car. Like, I mean, that's a basic error. I, to probably just one time it happened. They probably went to the cars like 10 times, and the one time she just made a mistake, they show it. <laughs> Still, Poor yeah, girl. it's it's yeah, it's funny. I mean, let's read a couple of the comments here that people have um sort of made early on in the show. So Adrienne says that um it's sad that Big T is retiring. She's the only reason why some people, including myself, still watch the regular challenge now. Who do we have um 
to see in order to keep or who now who do we want to see in order to keep watching? Who do we want to see come back? I guess is the question. Sorry, my bad reading there. Um, to keep watching, who would be the person for ordinary people to continue to shout for um season after season? There's not many likable people left. I not left on the season. <laughs> like, Devin was likable until recently, you know, and Devin's he's just done. Gone <laughs> I, I realize I have a hate love hate relationship with Devin, and I'm on the hate side of that right now. Um, I'm, I'm liking Emmy at the moment. I'm actually really I'm on the Emmy train at the moment. She's probably the most nah. for me. Uh -oh. <laughs> I, I would go Kyle. Kyle's, I don't know what it Kyle. is. I feel like Kyle has like won me over this season. And what Chris was saying earlier, I mean, I think Kyle is like, I don't know. I think he's feeling it too. I think this season has gone on ways like a long. And hearing that there was another quarantine period, I think it's just going for way too long. And he has a, uh, a pregnant partner back home at this time. And I just think it's like, I think it's finally getting to him. Like, I just want to make it to the finals. I want to see this through. I'm hoping to win some money. And I just feel like when even when he had his birthday this episode, I mean, he was like excited, but you could tell in the confessionals, he was just like, I'm just happy to like get away from the game for a little bit. I just want to have some fun. I want people to have fun with me. And I think it's I think it is getting to him and I feel bad for him. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see Kyle this episode at least get his birthday party, the Scottish theme birthday party with the kills going out there and um, them having a good time and him feeling appreciated because the episode before that, no one was shouting for him. So he was on an all time low with everybody wanting Josh to stay in the game. Um, and I agree, like I'm a big Kyle fan. I've enjoyed it. I also like the fact that Kyle is calling out Devin for his beta male energy that he's bringing <laughs> to the deliberation. Um, and when he does those passive aggressive, um, you know, snarky comments at Tori about, you know, well, at least, you know, um, this is no different me putting someone into elimination to someone, two teams teaming up against me. And he said it in such a passive aggressive manner. So I really appreciated Kyle saying, you know, what well, we all are thinking that the power is going to Devin's head um, this season. Yeah, the power's going to his head. I think being aligned with Tori and Josh, who aren't the, usually the people that I would go to for a strategy and for the people that I want to be like bouncing ideas off of. And so I think that that whole trio of them, I think it just was bad news for Devin's likability because nobody likes Josh. Josh had a couple episodes where I was not hating on him and then went back to me disliking him. And then Tori, I haven't been able to get, I've never really liked Tori. I liked her maybe her first season when she was the underdog. She's coming in and she had to really fight and, and she was doing really well as um, as a rookie. And then after that, I just didn't really enjoy her anymore. And I didn't enjoy her on Are, Are You the One? And I didn't enjoy her on Second Chances. Like, I have never really been a fan of Tori. And so the fact that, like, he's now best friends with two people I've never really been a fan with of. And now he's become a person that I really can't stand. Like, it's like, you just, you know, you are who you hang out with. And if those are his two closest allies in this game, I'm most likely not going to like you anymore, Devin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. hundred yeah, percent. And I, I was going to add to that as well. Like, you know, um, Devin is making Tori look likable at the moment. because <laughs> you know, Tori, Tori, Tori is, the person that's in the right here throughout yeah. this whole thing, just saying, hey, just bloody apologize for being an absolute D word uh, the previous episode or the previous um, round. And he's just too, you know, in his own head about, uh, you know, justifying why he did what he did and why he said what he, what he did. And he can't just accept that, no, what he did was wrong. Like, I mean, 
the only person's you know, game that was really at jeopardy here is Tories. And Tory can play the game for herself. It wasn't his game so much. He was never in danger. Kyle was never going to send him down in any case to go and face him. So uh, I really struggle with Devin at this point. Like, I mean, I think like we may cool down on Devin next season if he comes back with a different attitude. Um, I don't think Devin is a bad guy. I just think that this specific season... You have it's to not. go watch his season of Are You the One? He, I, I just okay. saw it. It was on MTV, at like a rerun, and I forgot. It was like seven years ago or so, and he's actually despicable <laughs> on okay. his season. So he, he's dating um a, a, a girl Kiki on his season, and he's being like the perfect boyfriend to her into her face, but in the confessionals, being like, I don't care about her. I just want to sleep with her. I know she's gonna sleep with me, and like everything that it was just like so like icky how he was like just so excited to be like a master manipulator of this girl's emotions and like she's totally living him up and like he's totally slagging her in confessionals it's very distasteful so i forgot that i came into the challenge this is where the hate started mm. with the hate on for him and then i started to love him and now as i said before back to hate Drew Nelson is looking really likable at this point. Like, I mean, I'm actually really liking Nelson at this point. Like, I'm on the I'm on the Nelson train with you at the moment. Um, you know, him even when he jumps into well. the conversation and deliberation for absolutely no reason, it's like, can you I, take a seat, please, Nelson? No, no. Well, I thought personally, and maybe I took this the wrong way here. Um, hopefully, Drew will have my back. It is his boy. But, um, you know, I thought that what he was trying to do there was diffuse the situation a little bit. Um, and <laughs> And talk to, no. talk to them and say, like, listen, you know, this is the way Devin operates. Um, don't take it personal. I thought he was trying to be a – like, this is the problem with Nelson. He's not a diplomat. He tried to be a diplomat. But I still like Nelson more because I felt Devin went on him pretty hard there for no reason. He fired back afterwards. But I've it's got Nelson It's not even a male yet. elimination. I'm on like... the Nelly train. <laughs> he's so annoying i find him very very annoying sorry go drew you can say your accolades your for, take, for nelson. Your, your, your take chantelle is nelsical level for me here right it's very cold <laughs> nelsical. I... like he's trying to make new words it's like i can't i can't with this guy it's but all about so branding cool. it's all about branding <laughs> with nelson and i i did actually like him to step up in the deliberation i think just like I said about CT, just being over it and things in the season getting to people. I think it's finally gotten to Nelson too. Like I, you know what? This was his one of his more calm blow ups at somebody. Like he was really trying to like keep it on the down low. He's like, hey, I'll give him a compliment, dis compliment. And I mean, Devin kind of was like, oh, you're gonna call me out. And I love Nelson going, yeah, I'm gonna call you out. And I'm gonna if if you don't want me to call you out, I'll call you out even harder. Like I could go more and i just like that because i think nelson just got to the point where he's like you know what i'm done i'm done playing nice we have one more guy's elimination probably go ahead and send me down because there's nothing that's going to stop me like you can send me down next episode and i'll just pick whoever and i'll rip their head apart because i just want to get to the elimination i just want to get to that final so to me i liked nelson finally like stepping up because he's been pretty much alone this whole game like, yeah, he's had friends with Nelson. I mean, uh, Devin and Tori probably. And he's had friends with season. Amanda. But I just think that Nelson finally was just like, I'm done. I'm done playing nice. You threw my friend to the wolves. And I've been playing by everybody's rules. I've been on Ruby losing every single episode. I'm done. I'm done with it. I have a great elimination record. If you guys want to take a shot at me now, Go. whatever. Go ahead. Do it. 
Yeah. I like uh, that please as take, well. please take a shot at Nelson and please let him go home. Like I'm just I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I, I want him to go home just because I want to be like I told you so to Drew um for the one part. Um but uh Woo-hoo. no, get off the Nelly train. No, I hate it. No scooping out, no saying, Nelly sickles, no like no. I'm not Zicha here is um reading me the full saying Christopher Holder, bad opinions here today. Um LOL. Uh listen. Even a broken clock is right twice a day, guys. I'm going to get it right at one stage. Now, listen, at the end of the day, I think this show would be pretty boring if we all agreed on everything all the time. And um, I'm more than happy to put my flag down there with Drew. That I've, lost, I've lost I've lost, the other half of the bromance. You know, he's gone home. He was my number one pick for, for the season. So without Corey there, hey, I'm going to join you, Drew. Let's go Nelly T. Nelly, take it all the way. Let's, let's see you. Tory and Logan, which is a pretty I mean, strong team at this stage. Team. It's okay. Yeah, that's a pretty strong team at this stage. Let's see you guys get together here um, and challenge. Because the alternative, you know, if Sapphire doesn't do it, of seeing Emerald win the season to me is, oh, I don't know, it might just kill me on the challenge. Like, I, it, it's worse outcome to have Emmanuel, which is the chicken guy running oh around in Kyle's face, so full of himself. Like Devin, so full of himself, like to see that team win would kill me at this point. Oh, but like it's like another person that like is tainted by Tori. I'm sorry, Tori. I mean, you might be a great person, just like your persona on this show. I'm not vibing with, but like she starts dating Emmanuel, and now I can't stand Emmanuel anymore. I can't stand his, com- mm. his confessionals, like his. Have you seen him and Jemmy back and forth on Twitter? I'm just like. Emmanuel, you need to sit down. You don't even know anything about the history of any of these people that you're defending. And I get it. If she's your girl, you want to stand up for Tori. But, like, don't start coming for Jemmy saying that Jemmy's a clout chaser for, like, making a comment about Tori. It would definitely be the other way around. And just know that Tori's probably the biggest clout chaser out of all the people on the women on the challenge. Like, she definitely only trades up for the guys that it's, like, the hot guy of the season. Which is fine. It's a strategy. Go for it. Like it's been working, but like Jemmy even called him out and said, it's like, Hey, like as soon as you're not called back to the challenge anymore, you're not going to be part of her life. So like you sit down and I was like agreeing with Jemmy. So Emmanuel, I, I, the love is lost. It's gone. And I think it's because he's started to be on Emerald and be on the Tory train. I think it's Emerald. I think it's just Emerald because they all just gas each other up and think that they're the best. And I, I, it's getting to the point where I love Devin, the the, the Devin on Devin? the aftermath. Oh, okay. yeah, Devin okay. on the aftermath. I love Devin on the aftermath, but there's the points where I'm contemplating not watching the aftermath from week to week because it's just the same Emerald people on there. And this past week, I was like, you know what? I'll just listen to it, see what Big T has to say, and like everything that like one person says, they would just give a compliment to that person. Like, oh, Devin, you said that so perfectly. Great, great way of putting it, Devin. And it's like. Oh my gosh, like I'm enough. Get like you get it, you're gonna get be BFFs forever. Like, whatever, man. Like, come I mean, on now. Maybe they're just acting this way, but there's gonna be a time where they're gonna have to go and turn inward and like they're just saving face because like they know that the the shakeup of Emerald is about to happen. So okay, maybe so, they're just so faking it. I don't know. I'm bringing I'm bringing another hot take, potentially bad read here to add to the list, Zicha. Um, <laughs> you know, this whole episode. 
we hear Nani continue to talk about how great it's going to be. She's going to run this final with Casey. Mm. That was the target all the way from the start. Um, my spider scenes, he's, you know, like just started tingling on this and saying, mm, look at the numbers right now. There's one more female left in the game than a male. And I think where that happened was when Fessy got taken out of the game. I don't think we ever actually brought the numbers back since then. So each team has got two men currently, um, except Emerald's got three women. You've got one woman, I believe. Oh, actually, is it level? It is level. Maybe I'm wrong here. Completely bad read. Yeah. There should be one guy left. But I still have a, I still have a, a feeling. Woman. I've got a feeling with that specific thing in the episode, having heard Nani continue to say she's going to run this final with Casey, do we see something happen here before the end where there's like uh, a potential purge or something with a switch up in the teams? She's either going to be in a team not with Casey or... She's potentially not going to be all the way into the final, running it right until the end with Casey. I've just got a feeling. It's similar to how Tori kept saying she didn't want to leave Emerald. She was so happy in that team. I feel like we're getting a little bit of the same editing here, and we could see something else happening before the end here because everybody's assuming there's one more guy elimination next. Could they do something different? Hmm. I mean, I think that if another woman were to, to leave I feel like it would be Amanda over Nani personally just because Nani has a little bit more experience she's a little bit more physical I think that she's been training with um with Casey so she seems to be a little bit more physical um, part of the gassing up on the the aftermath was that be like oh yeah like Nani's so amazing so good she was like really strong her endurance is and you know I think that she has been working on it a little bit so I'm kind of thinking that if there's somebody that's not running, it would be Amanda because she also has a similar storyline. It's like she wanted to run with um, with Ashley and she's doing it with for her son. And I could see her be the one that doesn't make it, even if there's like a purge of some sort. So I don't know. I think that Nani's going to run it with Casey, but I don't think that they're going to win. That's what I think would be uh, the better outcome. Well, yeah. there was a point where TJ says, don't get too comfortable when he's looking up at the at all the groups. So I feel like there is going to be a shakeup. It just depends on what is going to be the shakeup. I think they're going to still be in teams next episode for the men's elimination. But when it gets down to what is the final going to look like, I don't know if maybe at the beginning of the final, they'll do some sort of daily where mm -hmm. they'll swap up the teams and maybe there'll be a purge. Um, I don't think a purge is ever on that out of the realm of possibilities ever on the challenge, whether it's inside the finals, right before the finals, midway through the finals or anything like that. So I think that's always going to be a possibility. Personally, I would love the shakeup to be solo and just go solo and then have a free agent style final where everybody just keeps swapping partners. Cause then you're infiltrating everybody's little duo. You're being double agents literally and you're double agenting everybody else because you're like working with this person then you have to work against them in stage two and then you do some solo stuff and i think that would be fun especially since we had teams pairs and then go into solo and i think it would be like the ultimate like how well can you work in solos pairs and uh team like it's like the ultimate challenge you had to go through three formats kind of thing that's what i would like to see um but then wouldn't you think that um ct and Casey would be a lock for the male female winners. Well, that's a given. Like, <laughs> he's gonna not be thrown in at all, and he just walks into the finals. And they're like, "We pray that an anchor will stop him, and hopefully, we can like nerf him in the finals somehow." But if it turns into pairs or solo, then they're like, 
well, we've just botched that strategy, which they have been the whole time. If they're not going to send him mm-hmm. in at all, if their strategy was just like praying, hoping he like trips and gets stuck somewhere in the finals randomly or get lost for like two, two days. I mean, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not the strategy you need to have go into it. So um, Adrian here has given us who's left in the game. We've got CT, Logan, Emmanuel, Nelson, Devin, and Carl. So six men left. And then for the women, Emmy, Amanda, Torina, Nani, and Casey. So five women left. So most likely the next elimination will be a guy's elimination. And Sam here asks, if we do see finally Emmanuel going down there in an elimination round, potentially against Logan, who do we think will lose and win here um take our feelings out of it because i know if we just had to go by our feelings alone we definitely say emmanuel's gone <laughs> well i think emmanuel is actually very capable of doing a lot of these um the elimination challenges but i do think logan has experience and that is something that uh, you could be like bark, 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 whatever but you still have never been down there and kyle has been down there and he knows to pick and choose his battles and if he wants to win he chooses the one where he most likely would be able to win so i can see emmanuel maybe maybe he chokes going down there um against logan because Logan will know what it feels like to have all that pressure. Like he went down there, what, twice and came yeah. back. And so having that success record and, and knowing what it feels like to have that amount of stress and like have to do two different types of eliminations. One was all that upper body strength and memorizing that puzzle. And the other one was outsmarting, um, getting Corey off of that ball with the rope. Uh, two very different types of challenges that he was had to have a different mindset for so i think that he gained a lot of knowledge with that with those two wins that emmanuel doesn't have and so yes he might be talented and very capable but i think that having that going down in the arena it's like an olympian right they know what it's like to perform at a maximum that like that level of, of concentration and focus emmanuel doesn't necessarily have that right now so i'm going to put my money on logan just for experience yeah, I would say the same thing. Experience. Both are both are coming from the survivor realm and both can pretty much adapt, I would think, under pressure. They know how to do a lot of these weird uh, challenges and eliminations thanks to survivor. But if you're going with who's untested, I mean, Emmanuel is completely untested. He's always been a part of either a team or a pair, and we mm-hmm. haven't seen what he can do just by himself like will he be able to take direction from on top of the bleachers or will he be able to like really focus in we've seen two different elimination styles with logan and he seems like he's at a peak right now he hasn't had his like hamstring or whatever in injury like affect him i don't even know if it was real or not but i mean he seems to be like running on all cylinders so i think um i definitely think that i would pick logan in that sense but i could I could, it depends on the elimination. You could see Emmanuel winning a lot I, of different absolutely. strategies too. So, I mean, we could, we'll just have to wait and see. Who, who's the most likely to go? And if Emerald does end up, if, if, you know, history repeats itself and the numbers win out here in the next challenge and they actually win another challenge, you've got CT, Kyle, Logan, and Nelson as the people that potentially would be in danger for that round. Who do you guys think are the most likely to actually go down there in an elimination or who would Emerald send down? I mean, I, I'm taking that it's probably a given. I mean, this is the perfect opportunity if they're using their brains to try and take CT out. Um, if the teams are going to remain 
you, I mean, it's basically a freebie if they're thinking that they're running the final after this round, right? So what does CT really have to come back with after this if the next round's the final? They might have a free shot at him here. I do think it's too late, but that might be up for consideration. I think probably the most likely thing here is, is that they throw the new new guy back in, Logan, because they've done it so many times. That's the safe option. And then the question is, who does Logan want to take down there with him? If he takes Kyle down and he wins, can he replace Kyle's spot after that? Or does he, he'll have to take Nelson down there to be able to jump in a team with um, CT, right? So it becomes pretty technical with the way that the format works in the show at the moment. Wait, so you're saying that he, why wouldn't he just take Kyle's spot and run it with, with CT? Uh, CT? If he if he eliminates Kyle, oh, he eliminates has to take Kyle. CT's okay. yeah, he has yeah. to take CT's oh, right, spot in that team. Correct. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry, so sorry, the sorry. only way he can join CT and Emmy is by taking Nelson into the to the um, arena with him. I mean, I think that they're going to throw in Nelson for whatever reason, um, just because of like that little tiff that happened with with um, with Devin. Nelson is a, a stronger competitor for the fact that he has more experience, and I would probably want to run a final with the, as many rookies as possible in the end because, like, I would have a better chance of beating them um, when we get to the final. So I'm thinking that they might throw down Nelson and Nelson might call in um, Kyle. Um, if Kyle gets goes down, I can see him actually maybe calling in Emmanuel for if it's like, if I don't know if Ruby wins or whatnot. Um, and so calling in Emmanuel just because there's too many of those like calling him a chicken and I can just be like, I have no chicken call it down Emmanuel and then take him out. Like, I feel like that would be some just desserts with like having so many confessionals of Emmanuel making fun of, of Kyle's decision. And what was the other option? And I don't think they're going to throw down CT. No, I don't well, think so. if, if, if those two teams lose, if Ruby and Sapphire lose the, if you want to keep the other man in your team, you don't, you can't really throw them in there, right? So, because you're going to potentially eliminate someone and then you're the only person, the only man in that team left. So, depending on how they want to play the game and who and what team they want to be in, um, it's going to be very interesting. You know, if somebody wants to join Sapphire, if they want to join CT, even Nelson, who originally got taken from Sapphire, could still be saying, listen, I want to take my chances with being back in that team with CT. He could also throw Logan in the, I, I wouldn't put it, Put it past them to have a Logan um, Nelson showdown next week, uh, depending on where things go. I'm hoping that we finally see Emerald not win one of these challenges. But I think, you know, if we look at the track record for the season and how the format has worked, it heavily favors Emerald to win another one. But let's hope, let's put it out there in the universe that we get a win that's not Emerald and we see um, Emmanuel finally going down there or Devin finally losing control of this game. I feel like Devin probably is safe just the way he's worked the numbers this season. But um, I'd much rather see Emerald lose here again um, in this round. So it's going to be interesting to see how things play out, Drew. Yeah, I think in this hyper, uh, this hypothetical, if Emerald were to win, I think they would definitely send in Logan or Logan would volunteer. I think Logan would want to go in and they've set up that Logan doesn't care for Corey or Nelson. And so he would, I think, would pick Nelson to go down try to win and then take Kyle's spot. And then Kyle's left with him and Tori on Ruby. And then you got a three person team on, um, on Sapphire, but it seems like, okay, they, they kind of set that up, but I think they also set up, I think twice in a row, they, they set up a Manuel talking about going into the elimination or that his time is coming. So if I know my challenge foreshadowing crystal ball, I feel like it means that, possibly Emmanuel is going to be going down next episode. And it just depends on if he is the house vote or if he's going to be picked. 
And if it is Sapphire who wins, because I just don't know if Ruby can win, then I think that they would stick with the Seafoam, whatever, Aquamarine, uh, whatever the stupid color coordinated <laughs> alliance name is. They would they would keep to that and vote in, I guess, somebody from Ruby, which I think would be Logan, who would still want to volunteer. I think Logan doesn't want to run on Ruby. He wants to get his spot back on Sapphire. Like he he talked about it when Kyle stole his spot. He was like, you are in the cave of the wolf and the wolf is going to come at you or whatever. Uh, so I think it's setting up something to that effect. Um, if 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 that's all going to happen now, if Ruby wins. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Let's the last daily challenge of the season. Let's get it. Let's go. Break that <laughs> Nelly T losing streak. Let's do this. 100%. Let's have a quick look here at the team. So finally, um, we've you. had two weeks in a row now where uh, Drew has lost a little bit of ground here, uh, but he still has two players on us. And we have just talked about the potential of Logan going in next episode and the potential of him going up against Nelly. So if that happens, that's worst case scenario for Drew here in his team with two of his men going up against each other and a high likelihood of losing one of those two there as well. Um, I have only got chicken man emmanuel still left in my team he might still be going in there as well if emerald lose i wouldn't be surprised to see that um but i am feeling pretty good about casey and tori um and their chances to at least make the finale here um so not too bad in regards to that and then chantelle is still left there with ct and kyle uh who are struggling to work together and nani um as well there ct still being that um number one ticket probably for you chantelle and your team there if you want to get a win here this season and that's why I picked him first, because like you can always count on CT to do in well. If he, you know, the one time that he didn't do well in the recent years was because he misunderestimated his opponent, and he's never going to let that happen again. So, um, I just expected CT to to get far into the game, especially with the people that were playing, because it was half and half rookies with vets. It was. It's very easy to get these scared vets to work together and and take out all the rookies and then leave them no opportunity to be able to try and take out CT. So I feel like he was he allowed himself to be in a really great position to at least get to the final. And depending on the format and if you know MTV's playing favorites, I can see them making it a good you know, final setup for CT to do well and win. So I don't think that we're running in teams. I'm, I'm, I'm liking your thoughts here, Drew, because I think that MTV wants CT to win. Yeah, they, they want that person there now that Johnny Bananas is not coming back to play quite consistently. That's seen as the goat, the seen as the, the person who's carrying the torch here, winning a lot of shows and things like that. So I think they probably are going to favor that. Also wanted to just have a look at the comments here. Love by you saying, not Chris, uh, praying for Emerald's downfall. We, we all screaming. Are. I think a lot of us are not too happy about that. But um Adrian saying, I'm praying for an Amanda final so bad. So big Amanda fan here. Um, and we haven't spoken a lot about Amanda this episode, but she did really put her ass in gear and really did pretty well this episode. Um, you know, Casey saying this is the most positive she's seen Amanda the whole season. And obviously 
her butt was on the line as potentially going in on a female's elimination day. Um, and she wants to prove that she can work really well with the team as well. Um, and then a lot by you here saying um, that Nani has been furniture this season. She hasn't done much. And I think, you know, we talk about Devin Chantel um, going down in likability because of the people he's working with. You know, Nani probably became more and more boring because of the person she's dating. So again, it just holds true because, you know, yes, I had Casey as my number one female pick for the season, but that was purely based on athleticism. Nothing to do about, you know, entertainment value coming into this uh, season here. Absolutely. I mean, I I still am always going to have like a soft spot for Donnie. Like I, I like seeing her whole journey. She's had the many faces and colors of Nani. Um, but definitely her you know, relationship that she has with Casey has really toned down the crazy Nani that we're always like, oh, what's Nani going to do? Where are those that cup of noodle soup that she's going to throw at somebody? Like I, I am missing that Nani fire. Um, and it's definitely because she's in a relationship with somebody and, you know, she's not going to go get all crazy when she has somebody to cuddle up to. So it's sad, but I, I do hope that they do get the chance to run this final together so we don't have to hear about them wanting to run this final together anymore. Oh, it's yeah. always going to happen. <laughs> like that's going to happen every season that they're going to be on the season with each other. Uh, yeah, no, Nani. It's so easy to just sit back and kick up your feet when you're in a power position or don't have to worry about anything throughout the whole season. Like when you're always at the top, it's just boring because you you just put it on autopilot at this point, and that's all she's had to do. She's This is basically a vacation for Nani with some daily challenges that she has to do. Like she's never had to sweat. She never had to like worry about possibly going into an elimination or being called out. Like it is what it is. That's the game, mm -hmm. and... She didn't have to do anything interesting. Dolores here says, it'll be interesting to see if next week Emmanuel volunteers to be thrown in. And I think it would be more interesting if the, they do lose and he doesn't volunteer to go in. Is he the chicken not going in there exactly. and just taking it on? Because, you know, by that logic, he would be a chicken not going down there and proving to all of us why he is so great and would be winning um, in this scenario. Guys, I think that's pretty much it for the Challenge 37. Is there anything that you guys feel like we missed? I know there was this whole argument between Emmy and Emmanuel, um, which was a little bit of a nothing burger because, I mean, how many how many choices were there really for people to go down there? There were three people. So, you know, I'm not a big Emmanuel fan, but I don't think Emmanuel was ever going to change the minds of the rest of his team in regards to who was going to go down there. And um, Emmy expected that if Emmanuel, she does put Emmanuel on a pedestal in regards to his social capabilities and things like that. And she felt like if Emmanuel stepped in and said, don't touch Emmy or don't put Big T down there, do something different, people would have listened to him, which I think is a little bit um, unfair on him. I mean, I think what her point is, is that he chose to, to make sure that his girlfriend didn't go down instead of make, instead of working for her to not go down. Um, I think that she's just realizing that she has less of, you know, any sort of pull on, on what he does and like how he fights for her or doesn't fight for her in the game. And I think she's just recognizing that and is frustrated. Um, I do think that if he, if he was like, no, let's like save Emmy. Like it's good. Maybe she's like, she's not as good. Like maybe we should get back at Tori. Like I'm sure that he could have said something if he wanted wanted to convince them to save Emmy. Um, who knows if it would work or not, but I just, I think it shows to her though that he didn't try. And that's what I think she was just coming to terms with. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a hot take there. Paying 90, 60K a season just to sit there. I mean, I'd come back for 60K every season if that's what they're getting paid. It's not a, 
it's not a bad deal. Maybe that's why so many people, uh, Chantal, aren't really playing to win. You know, when they come and do the show, it's uh, they, Last some as people long have as you just got Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, also, it's the type of competitor that you bring on. Like, if you have all these competitors that barely make finals when they have been on the challenge and their challenge seasons, and they always get like eliminated early or midway through they just play to make it to the finals and that's all they do. They just play to make it to the finals. They don't care how they get there. They don't care who it's against. They just want to know that they made it to a finals. And that's what happens when you have the Devons who only made it one time to a final Amanda, who hasn't made it to a final uh, Tori twice, but hasn't really done much. Uh, yeah. Just like that. Nelson's mid been to like, I think one, uh, but it's just like, if you have these competitors that have made it consistently to finals that have tasted victory that was so close to them and they were like so close to getting it to first place. That's where you would see the players like trying to make big moves. That's why CT in War of the Worlds 2 threw in uh, Ashley versus Nani instead of throwing in Tori on his own team going against the Caracol because he's like, I, this is my game now. Like I got to do what I got to do. Whereas all these players, that's why Devin's like taking passive aggressive shots. Like, I got to do whatever I can, manipulate as much as I can to make it to at least a finals and do the best I can. Like, that's just how it is. No, 100%. All right, well, we're moving on to All-Stars 2 here, Happier Days, Episode 3, you know, still early days. Everybody, well, I would have said everybody's still loving each other, but there is a lot of animosity here early on in the season already because Tina has brought... All of her baggage, and I'm not just talking about her luggage for her clothes and all the tricks that she's got in regards to giving people fake board shorts to go and jump into the water and tricking them. She brought a lot of baggage with her that includes Jody, and she's had this chip on her shoulder. And we see a lot of this uh, play out here throughout this episode with Tina very much targeting Jody here early on. And I've got a feeling this is going to come back to bite Tina in the butt here really, really badly because. If you're picking a fight with one of the strongest people in the game, do you throw them in against the person that she threw her in against this episode? I felt like she got a little bit trigger happy here. Did it make great TV? 100%. Is it a smart move? I don't think so. What do you think, Chantal, uh, about the baggage that she's brought into this season? And, you know, obviously, I don't remember much of these earlier seasons. I did see the season that she referenced, um, where she played with Jody, the good guys versus the bad guys. is one of the seasons I actually watched. But I never really, even back then, understood why there was this animosity between them. Well, I think that Tina can do no wrong. And the reason is why is because she knows what she's there for. She is brought onto the season to bring that Tina fire, that Tina energy to make big moves, to not be scared. Like this is why she was hired. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like, hey, we're going to pay you a certain amount of money, create some drama, come on for a few episodes, maybe not have the win be what her ultimate objective is. It's like just to bring some fire into the show. But then we see that she's part of the cast for season three. And so I'm wondering if that's because she, okay, maybe she did bring some heat. She kind of, you know, made a made a big splash on the episode, goes out a little bit early, but then she's like, whoa, 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 actually, I could come back and win this and then maybe kind of focus again, maybe get into a little bit better shape and come back season three and win. It's kind of what, like what, um, Katie did. So Katie, last season, she was just kind of in there just to be there. Like, everybody wants to see Katie back, seeing what she's going to do. But then this season, she's like, hmm, 
I'm going to train a little bit. I'm going to come back with like the intention of maybe winning this thing. So I think that that's kind of where Tina is sitting. She's, she's there for good TV. She's going to make mm. the good TV. She's going to, you know, give the network what they paid her to be there for. And then maybe next week, next season, she'll come back with maybe more of an intention to win. So that's kind of what I think about Tina. I don't think I think that she will get taken out by Jody, though. I do think that it was a premature if you're looking at it strategically premature move. Um, but um, she wants to make a splash. Well, 100 percent. If you think about the amount of thought that had to go into creating the dissolving threat prank on Ryan. I mean, she had to think about this way in advance. So I agree. She is quite calculated here coming into this season in regards to what she wants to get out of it. And I am living for her as a character on my TV, um, doing what she's doing, you know, 10 out of 10 for that. Um, but I do think she is treading on some dangerous waters here. And she had some interesting strategies here, Drew, um, on how she wanted to come up with the names. I believe she wanted to do a random name selection um, that Darrell was like, I've never been in this situation before. Um, and he had to really navigate around how they were going to choose who was going to go down there. She had her own ideas, which again, made for some entertaining TV because um, I believe Darrell probably thought maybe this was not the right one to be team captain on um, because he had to make some enemies here with people that he kind of wants to stay close with and who rooms with him in this episode as well. Yeah, this is definitely Hurricane Tina, and she was just coming out <laughs> full-fledged. The only thing I have to disagree with is I don't think the producers had to like sell her on when they make big moves to get her well, to come back. I think Tina she was She knows always, what she's hired she's, for. She just wants to cause chaos. Like She doesn't care. She, she just wants to get in there and want to ruffle feathers. I also think that she is a person that will hold grudges, <laughs> and that's why she's like, I'll get Jody out. But this is what we've been talking about with Big T. I mean, uh, CT on the main season. If you have a strong competitor and you're in a position to make something happen, throw her in. See what happens. You never know what could happen in elimination. So to me, shoot your shot when you get a, your chance. So to me, if it wasn't a flaming ball tic-tac-toe board game, <laughs> like, I would have definitely been like, yeah, definitely do it. But if I had the foresight to know what the elimination was, maybe you don't throw Jody in against Sophia. Like, but I, I loved Tina. I loved that she, like, caused chaos. I loved Darrell, but, man, when he was down there and she just was, like, twirling around in the sand, taking Steve <laughs> off the board and having him squat. Taking Casey. Awesome. Like, <laughs> Why? Like, do any of us know awesome. why? Like, is there like a pre-game alliance between Steve and Tina? Like, did I'm they thinking, even know each other? I'm well, They're from the same era of stuff. They're also from Road Rules. And so I think that, you know, she might have a bit of a friendship with Katie. Katie doesn't want to go against Steve. They're from the same original mm. real Road Rules season. So I think it's just like original Road Rules that sticking together. And I can't remember why... It started with Jody, but I think Jody did something kind of sly, like sneaky. And Tina's just going to call you out for that. And Jody is not really the one that's great with confrontation. She kind of will look a little bit sneakier, a little bit like she won't really own up to her what she's done. And so I think that that just rubs Tina the wrong way. And Jody's never able to really say the right thing to make to get on the same page with Tina. So I think I don't can't think of anything specific, specific like a big blow up. Um, but I think it's just like Jody made a move maybe with her team um, and maybe wasn't completely forthright and forthcoming with uh, Tatina. It was in the uh, 
voting in who's going to go into the Inferno. And so the good guys talked about who they would throw in. And the other team was like, the good guys were like, it's between Jody and Julie. And so they were like, okay, well, if they get to say who it is, then we'll just pick whoever we want to go up against. And so the badasses voted in Jody. Jody called out Veronica, thinking that they were she was going to call out somebody else. Mm, and gotcha. then it leaked that, oh, I just picked her on the spot instead of saying that we all came to the consensus prior to the meeting. So the badasses were like, that's totally unfair. That's cheating. Like, you're supposed to know who you're going to pick prior to coming into the meeting instead of picking it right off the spot. How did they know that, that we were going to choose first kind of thing? So that that's where the whole thing came out that they were like Jody was being like really sneaky and deceiving of them. And also Tina is best friends with Veronica. So, of course, Veronica and Tina are going to be like wanting to smash Jody for <laughs> kind of being sneaky and snaky. Yeah, yeah. No. Adrian here says that the thing I love about All Stars is that we have authentic and real drama and not the fake uh, I'm a creator just for TV type that we see on the regular season. And let's move into the biggest drama, I guess, for this episode, something I couldn't relate to at all. Um, I mean, Chantel can't relate to the beard conversation myself and Drew had in the beginning. I can't relate to braiding of hair and what went on specifically in that conversation. It seemed like it really blew up. But there was something here that was a trigger point for Sophia, something that happened when she was younger. Um, obviously, hair for, for women being a really, really big thing and, and looking their best. And um, Ayana, in my mind, and I don't know if you guys feel the same here or not, but have gone from being this great person to be maybe the biggest character this season, could have been the next um, Yasella this season, to not that likable at all because she makes a lot of this drama, her drama, when somebody else is going through a bit of an experience here and she does a lot of things here this episode um to Sophia because of this which I felt was unjustified how did you guys feel about this and I guess Chantel we'll go over to you because I don't think myself or Drew can really relate or have too much of an opinion about this but you know do you did you feel like this was a little bit blown out of proportion and what did you think about the drama that happened here probably authentic but very hard to relate to for two guys like myself and Drew I think well, I mean, I have to say that anybody that's like a black person, black woman, black child coming to America and probably being in a predominantly white classroom where, where there's not a lot of different ethnicities in there and having different hair, having anything different is going to be an opportunity for kids 25, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, however long, however old she is, mm. you know, to make fun of. And like I know from my mom's experience, she was born in Jamaica and she came to Canada at a pretty young age and she was made fun of for the color of her skin throughout until she got to high school like she was bullied and bullied and bullied and bullied and bullied and bullied and bullied so I can imagine if with something being different so first you kind of have to probably not speak in the language so speaking Haitian or Creole um, or French or Creole and then having this different skin color and then having hair that 
is an option opportunity for people to make fun of. I think it was just really traumatic for her. And when she was younger, she probably wasn't able to say something. And now she has somebody that's doing something that's reminding her of her not being able to say something. And she just, I think she just got triggered. And she even said she got triggered. And I think, yes, mm -hmm. maybe it was blown out of proportion. But Ayana didn't even really say there to listen to why she was being triggered by it. She wasn't saying that Ayana was a terrible person. She wasn't saying that maybe the hair design that Ayana was going to do wasn't going to be beautiful. She's saying what you were doing is triggering me. And I, I can you please just listen to me and do it a different way if you're going to if you're going to curl my hair or braid my hair. Yeah, and, and that's some good that's some good insights that obviously, you know, I definitely would not be able to relate to at all. And it's good that you've sort of, you know, put it into context there. The one thing I do want to mention is that when I said it was blown out of proportion, I felt like it was blown out of proportion by Ayana for Sophia, for Sophia having a reaction because that's that's Sophia's thing that she's struggling with and going through. And there wasn't any empathy, any understanding, any like let me go back and understand what was the trigger, what was it that I did. It was more um she like Sophia said in the show is that Ayana made it her struggle or her thing when it was it had nothing to do with Ayana and um that's why I I lost a bit of respect here for Ayana and then to go and absolutely dog her and throw her in at the end and say hey I want to do I want to make the sole decision here of who's going to go down there and I'm going to give you a gift what BS, you know and I'm so happy that Sophia had other people there like um Jim uh, uh Janae and Jasmine and, and and Katie around there that could be there for her. But specifically, Jasmine and Janae seem to be the two that really had her back here in this episode. Absolutely. And I was just like, I was like, Ayana, like, how can you not really see that just something triggering with hair like that triggered that triggered Sophia? Like, you must understand a little bit what she might have been going through. I, I believe she has four children. I'm sure her children have had experiences where people were maybe pointing and laughing at their hairstyle or their haircut like, or whatever. And maybe she's saying to them like, oh, be strong. Like, you know, don't worry about these bullies. Like maybe she's empowering them that way. But there has to be been a time where she's witnessed either from herself or her children or people in her life where hair could be a trigger for them. And so I, I was just so upset by, I was so on a high for Ayana last episode with like how amazing she was and that she was like helping Leah uh, to finish pulling over the coffin at the end. And then this week she had completely no compassion for somebody that's supposed to be her friend, her sister, somebody that they were excited to be playing this game with together. Um, I really, she really went down in my books for, with likability and I don't know if she'll be able to redeem herself because right now she's, she's kind of like, Thumb, thumbs down on Ayana. Casty here says that I've never seen someone had this big of a turnaround <laughs> in just one episode. Like Katie said, um, she went from being a powerful and inspirational woman to being an asshole within basically an episode. And then Adrienne says that I do see where Sophie is coming from, Sophia is coming from, and I feel for her, but I honestly think she should have reminded Anna right before the braiding and tell her not to do it in that way. Now, I will say to that, Adriana, I, I don't dismiss your opinion at all, but we also see Ayana take control here of the team in this challenge. And she gives no one else a chance to talk she's just like it's my way or the highway you guys stay quiet one voice um i think ayana has got a very bolder and i'm sure she's a nice person outside of and she'll look back at this and feel bad about what happened i'm not i'm just talking about what happened in the show here and i want to be clear about that i don't don't want people to go at her after the show because i'm sure she is a nice person but in the show she came across as a bit of a bulldozer um and maybe drew that is why sophia she's not that 
outspoken a person. She seems like she's a bit more of an introvert. Um, she doesn't speak out as loudly. Um, different people communicate differently. And I don't think Ayana would have even given her the opportunity to talk through this. And she pretty much just bulldozed her potentially here, like she did with her team in the, the daily challenge. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think the most disappointing thing is she didn't even seem like she wanted to talk to her at all, or they didn't even have another conversation about it for how close and how highly Sophia talked about Ayana in the confessionals saying how like she respects her so much. She's like so happy that she has a friend in the game that she didn't think she was going to have a friend like Ayana in the game. And then for it to quickly turn around and it just felt like once something happened, Ayana was just like, I'm, I'm wiping my hands clean. We're done with this. I'm cutting it off right now. And uh, it just was, it was, I think that was the most disappointing thing that it just didn't seem like they had another conversation to try to understand each other or where every, each one was coming from. And it's clear once she just throws her right into the elimination. Like I, I have this power. I'm just going to send you into the elimination. Now I get it. It's early in the game and you're trying to find any reason or justification to throw somebody into the elimination. If so, you think somebody's already mad at you, why send in somebody else possibly to go in and then possibly come back into the elimination? And then you have two people mad at you. So I understand her from that reasoning, but it did seem like the Derek with the shirt thing with Steve, like you're just picking something <laughs> personal to send them in and you're harping on it instead of it being something else that you think is like, I definitely think that this person deserves to be in an elimination or prove themselves in some way. I just, I was pretty disappointed with the whole scenario and everything that transpired. Yeah, so Cassidy is saying, I love Jasmine's line that that's not a fucking gift, which is so true <laughs> with a great line. And we'll we'll talk about the um, the the points towards the end here of the show. I know Drew would have kept a, a tally on the confessionals. Um, I did see Jasmine have uh, quite a few confessionals here this episode, so I'm hoping she's um, stacked up some more points for me um, since she is on my team. Um, Adrian then says that at the end of the day, at least Ayana is providing the uh, uh, pro providing the season. So, I mean, there's some content being provided. Um, she could have been a bit more sympathetic to Sophia. And listen, it, it's given us, what, 10, 15 minutes to talk about hair and the braiding of hair and the, and the blow up that happened with it. So definitely she is providing providing some, some great content for us to watch. And I still think she's going to be a force because even if she's annoying people and she becomes this villain this season, people are still going to have to come at her and take her out. And there's going to be a lot of eliminations that Ayana is going to be a beast. And um, maybe we see a Jody and Ayana um, head to head at some point because I think Jody is another person that will see herself go down there quite a few times this season since a lot of females are very um, intimidated by having Jody on this season. Well, this is one thing that I'm liking about All-Stars is the fact that all these big swings, big moves, like shocking. There was two fully shocking moments this season where like, the episode I was like, oh, what? Like, and, and and that's kind of what I'm missing from this main season. There's nothing exciting happening. There's nothing shocking happening. There's nobody throwing somebody in that's not surprising. It's nobody calling someone down that I didn't expect. And so I can predict pretty much what's going to happen. We kind of just did it with like, well, this is probably what's going to happen if this is a scenario we kind of worked through all the different scenarios and we're probably going to be right and so with this like i did not see even with the fact that they had a little bit of dissension between uh ayana and sophia i did not see at all her still being like oh, i'm gonna be the sole person that's gonna throw her down in there it's like i was like are you kidding me that is so savage but we would never get anything like that on the main show and so i'm i'm opening i'm welcome to having this kind of 
like really impulsive gameplay just because it's all stars and like the impulsive it's gameplay fun. is entertaining it's fun it's yeah. shocking I, but it's fun. i was i was looking at it and i was like ayana wants all the smoke she doesn't want some of it she wants <laughs> all of it and she's gonna nobody's make this gonna move. come for her no, who's yeah. ever gonna be scared of her i think like it was exciting it was a for me it was a jaw-dropping moment because you just don't see players that play the challenge in the normal season these days make these sloppy moves anymore because they've played it for so many seasons it's similar like similar to like Darrell going in there to deliberate about who they're <laughs> going to throw down there Darrell wants to play the game the way it should be played where Tina is like no take the plan throw it right out of the window and this is how we're going to play this season you know and Darrell you could see in his head it's like the gears are turning and he is like tweaking out because he knows he is going to have to do some explaining after this because he's trying to keep <laughs> Kohada safe he's trying to keep um who was the other person MJ safe here in this round who's and in his Jone. room and Janae <laughs> and they all were I believe in the losing team here this um, episode so he can't save everyone and then you get the randomness of Nehemiah having a lifesaver coming in here. There was so much happening and saving tech, you know, because he took tech out <laughs> in the previous um, season. So what is there not to love about this episode, Drew? There was such a, a crazy amount of random things being thrown at the wall and so much to enjoy. Yeah. And I just wanted to throw that out there that I love that both life shields were used on episodes, yes. the first episode that you can do it. Like, I mean, I don't think uh, the life shield was used in the first season of All-Stars until way late in the season when I think Mark saved Katie that last, the first time. But you can't hoard think, them, correct? Like, you have to use no, it No, you the can't next... hoard them. You have to use okay, it this so time. Just use it then. Like, you might as well fucking use it. Like, you can make it work for you, in my opinion. Like, Pretty much. Separate. So, I mean, and, and I just want to throw this out there. On my team, my team is trying to save each other, whereas some people's teams are trying to cannibalize <laughs> each other, Jody and Tina. I'm just throwing that out there. I know it's not time to get to the teams yet, but I'm just throwing that out there that I mean, they're going to get points. They're going to get points while they do it. Cannibalize, cannibalize, cannibalize. And just rack me up those points, Tina. And even Jody for just like <laughs> the amount of time she's probably saying like, yep, Tina's probably coming for me. I'm sure I'm going to see my name on that board. So hopefully they get me <laughs> points before they take each other out. Yeah, it's, 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 it is rough at the moment. I mean, we've pretty much got a similar scenario here early on in the season like we had with um, 37, with both myself and Chantel taking some losses early on and um, Drew having some people in his team left. We've got both Ryan and Sophia that we're going to lose here to the elimination this round. Um, and Ryan was one of the captains here this episode as well, but we didn't see him take control or talk at all. Um, the main reason for him jumping on and becoming the captain, he said that, you know, he wanted to show he's grown. He's not afraid of taking leadership and putting himself out there. Um, there's a lot of experienced campaigners in this game that were never going to put their hand up um, in that team. And they stayed well away from having any of this leadership ability because they knew that if they were going to lose, they were probably automatically going to go down there. Um, I found Ryan a little bit difficult to read for me here this season. I didn't know much about him before the season. I didn't feel like I got to know him that well in the season. Like Derek, I felt like I knew him a little bit better, felt a little bit worse when we lost him. Obviously, there was a, a very tragic story in regards to what happened before he even joined the game, which probably made me a little bit more attached to him. How did you guys feel? Because we've spoken a lot about Sophia here this episode. How did you feel about Ryan and how he played the game? I didn't feel like there was too much there for us to dissect, sadly, um, and do we think that Ryan is someone that we could see back here in the future? 
I mean, I have always liked Ryan, uh, he, but he doesn't really bring uh, that much to the game. Um, I didn't. I was rooting for Kahada to stay. It was Kahada he went against, right? Wait, what? What was yeah, the yeah. elimination? Lavar. Yeah, he went against Kahada. I wanted Kahada to stay. I wanted Jody to stay. I thought it was going to be the most dramatic. Even though they're both on my team, I felt that the people that ended up staying in the game were going to be a little bit more exciting television, and I was curious more to see what they had to offer. Um, he might get the call, but I don't really care if he comes back. I'm sorry, Ryan. I like I I liked you on Fresh Meat, which was two or one that he was on. Um, but I wasn't like, oh my god, I need to see him play again. So it's okay if this is the first and last time. Hmm. Yeah, it, he was one of those players that I knew was going to be picked on first or early on and it was either going to be a matter of time before he was going to see one elimination or multiple eliminations if he could mm -hmm. somehow wiggle himself to a win so just like how um nehemiah tried to get him nominated the first uh week i think he was always going to try to be one of the early ones to be called down to an elimination it's it's happened to him multiple seasons that he's on so i just expected it to happen here when you have players like Brad, Derek, Darrell, and Tyler, yeah. who are much thicker, much bigger. Um, I think that's what you're going to be going up against when you have Ryan there. And early on, that people are going to want to just go against an easier opponent, quote-unquote, easier opponent. And this was probably, uh, like, again, he, he didn't have many. I, I mean, I don't know the guy well enough to say where his strengths and his weaknesses would lie. But one thing I knew, as soon as I saw that it had to do with running back and forth, I thought Kohada had it. Like he looked, he's a little bit smaller than Ryan, but he's got the pace, he's got the agility, um, and he's also got the experience of having been in more eliminations than Ryan, um, with a record of three and four. I think three wins, four losses prior to the, the season starting, and now one and one on All Stars. Um, I, I did think Kohada had a really good shot, and. I want to talk a little bit about the elimination that we saw here with the tic-tac-toe. Such a simple game to play, but then you add it into the fact that you've got to think strategically where you're going to put things. And a lot of people made some really bad calls, <laughs> Sophia, um, and where they put some of the tic-tac-toes when they were playing it. Um, but I think that we underestimate how frazzled you get when you know you're running against somebody else for time and you're having to put these fireballs into the spots. Um, I, I personally liked it. And one of the things I really liked was the color. I don't know how they did it, but the different color flames that they had <laughs> on the balls when they were putting it in. So it actually visually made it easy to follow who was doing what while they were putting it in there. So a simple game, but, um, you know, a kid's game really, but it was a lot of fun to watch here. Yeah, I did enjoy mm -hmm. the elimination. Yeah, when I saw that it was tic-tac-toe, I was like, oh, like, I was like, I don't know. Just because it's on fire doesn't mean it's going to be good. But the the fact that they made it interesting because they kept on screwing up, I was like, oh, okay. So it's a little bit more challenging than, than I was giving it credit for. Because pretty much if you get the center spot, like, it's it's a lot harder for you to win or to, to lose. Like, if you get the center spot, you're most likely going to be winning. And so the fact that that wasn't necessarily the case all the time was that was a little bit entertaining that people were screwing up tic-tac-toe like what <laughs> you didn't block it so you're just letting her win okay <laughs> so I, I enjoyed it in the end <laughs> 92 chess championship was that kohara that won that is that true or is it just him just you know just putting it out there and the thing because i heard that and i was i made a i made a note of it as well what, what does he mean 92 championship uh you know of 
tic-tac-toe is there such a thing or was it chess i, I don't know like it was I think real he funny was saying that that was the last time he ever played it and it was probably like in middle school school yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. probably what he mean yeah I, was, I didn't get it i was like what champion you know okay <laughs> i will say that this is one of my least favorite eliminations i mean i just felt like it was so like I don't know. It was such a layup. It was just like, uh, well, we'll just put up together an elimination and again, adding fire to try to make it seem cool. Uh, we already have an elimination called fireball already. Like yes. now we just have a different variance of a fireball elimination that has nothing to do with the first fireball that we got in previous challenges. I just thought it was like, okay, I believe Jody's going to win. And I believe Cud is going to win. And yep. they did. And each round probably took 30 seconds and, I'm glad they put some catchy music to make it somewhat redeemable, but I don't know. I just felt like it was so boring. It, I taking the clip, the clip was only six minutes that they were like recutting from different angles and making them slow-mo. It took six minutes for both rounds for both the men and the women together. <laughs> so, I mean, when you're talking about an elimination that lasts very little to the runtime comparatively to everything else. I mean, it was just not, it was not my cup of tea. It needed to have another element to it. Like maybe once like you get the tic-tac-toe, maybe you get the I lock in a key for something else. Like I, I needed to have more to it than just that. I, I, to I agree with you. Um, but I was surprised that I was more entertained by it because I was like, I was let down when I saw that it was just tic-tac-toe, but it was better than mm -hmm. just tic-tac-toe but not much mm. sam has a question here um and it's probably more so for you chantel uh what is the best real world season if you wanted to get into real world i think the first real world las vegas the first one and the second one is pretty pretty awesome as well that's where nani was from but i'd say the first one i i think i was like really engaged in that one of um, all the different relationships like the drama that was happening there um you would know um What's her name? Well, Trishel was on that season. Um, Alton's on that season. Um, what's the girl that gave the fuck yous? Um, Arissa is on that season. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just think that uh, it, it's a good one. And it was just uh, so much drama. And I feel like from that season, they a lot of people got pretty famous from it. Like after that, Trishel is like posing for Playboy. And like, you know, it just, like, they got a lot Leonardo of- Leonardo DiCaprio? Exactly. Um, and I think it was because it was such uh, like, whoa, like that's a, it was pretty wild, crazy season. So I would say that one, if that's off the top of my head, that's the one I would go to. And question here is, do we think that there will be a hall brawl since um, you're not that impressed yet by the um, eliminations here? I don't care for the hall brawl. Yeah. So I guess I want to change this. I, I know that the hall brawl isn't very popular amongst this panel. I, I like it. I just don't want to see it every season. I think it gets overplayed if we see it all the time. Um, if not the hall brawl, like, do we think it's going to be there? Maybe. It's my. I think that um, MTV, <laughs> the challenge loves the hall brawl. So I wouldn't be surprised to see it. But if not, Drew, you know, you're, and, and I guess Chantel as well, you guys are a lot more across all the different types of eliminations that we can see. For me personally, one that I would love to see come back is some variation of them standing on those little um, stumps or those little podiums where they've got the rope and they do the tug of war. I really enjoy that one because there's a lot of endurance and skill required to get people off it. Um, and, and I've just always, for me, it's always been a slam dunk when I see it personally. I do enjoy that. Um, what would, I guess, both of you, and we'll start with you, Drew, what would you like to see as an elimination to, so we can continue to up the ante here for All-Stars 2 since it's an All-Stars season? Um, 
I one of my favorites is always not so fast. I always like that one. I think it's really entertaining, and I think the the strategy differs. I think one we'll always see is because it's so like low budget is the pole wrestle, and I think we. Do I thought see that that in... was going to be pole wrestle this episode. I was like, oh my god, I don't see yeah. anything down there. I'm like, ooh, is Jody going to get like demolished by Sophia? Um, that's where I originally thought it was, and then it was like, oh, tic tac toe, very different. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, <laughs> just because it's so but low budget and it's just a pole in the middle of a ring. I think that one's going to come back every single season on this OG. I think with how different in sizes there are, and I mean, there's different in sizes in the actual main season too that we've seen in a hall brawl with like Brandon Nelson versus Zach in the Oppenheimer and free agents. I mean, I just can't, I don't want to picture like Brad on one side and Kahuta on the other side. Uh, like, I just no. don't want to see that happen because it's not going to be really that fun to watch, even though CJ versus Zach was really exciting in Battle of the Seasons. But I just don't think we're going to ever see it in the OGs Which as we do in so the May fast. season in um, uh, Hall Brawl. I just don't we think don't... the Hall Brawl we'll see. Uh, but I think not so fast. Uh, I would like to see. No, I can't remember what it is. What? So, remind me. What's which one's not so fast? Like I don't remember what that elimination. Oh, is. that's a Jungle Gym. Uh, the jungle gym. With oh, the rope I love attached those ones. When they, I love those one. ones. Those ones are great. Yeah, yeah. Like any Pendle, one I think where one they against had. Trichelle. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 I'm not okay. Not not, but not. Got it. Got it. Got it. I remember now. <laughs> um, yeah. I really like that one in general, just because like there's two parts of it. There's like the strategy of like building those knots and then having to untie them um quickly and keeping all that stamina, keeping your knot untied or your rope untied or unknotted. So I think that that's actually a really good one. I wouldn't mind seeing that one, and it can come back any season. I'm gonna be okay with it. For Hall Brawl, usually it used to be a treat when you saw Hall Brawl. It would be like three seasons, four seasons. We haven't seen a Hall Brawl in a while. And it always lined up with like the two biggest guys and their rivals. And they're going to go down. We're like, oh my God, it's Hall Brawl. Like we should be excited for it. And now it's kind of like, oh, like which person is Fessy going to go and crush their fingers on? Like it just doesn't seem like it's been balanced in the way that it has in the past. And it doesn't have the same impact. So did they do it last season on um, All Stars? I don't remember right now. I just, yeah, maybe they're not going to do it. Maybe it's in their contract. Like, we're not going to do a hall brawl. I don't want to get, I don't want to break any fingers. I don't want to be in that type of, I don't want to get sand in my eyes. Um, so maybe they have it in their contract to not do a hall brawl, maybe? Maybe. Um, Sam says that he'd like to see Brad versus Durrell in a hall brawl. And then Adrienne says that the ruins face off we've been waiting for, in my honest opinion, um, down there. So, Chantel, is there a, a, a challenge that you would like or an elimination that you would like to see? Another one I didn't mention here is the one where you swing back and forth between two podiums. you got to, like, push flags into certain spots. Or, you know, um, there's that one where you're always, like, on a rope and you got to, like, put stuff in as you're swinging. It's always quite interesting to see as well mm. how people do that um as well and i remember seeing Corey one season do that and barely win because he was so bad at just swinging back and forth i can't remember <laughs> oh who he was going who he was going against, he was going against swaggy c wasn't it swaggy yeah it was swaggy c, c. Yeah. yeah and it was like he should be, <laughs> he should be killing him on this one and he was just so bad at it so it just shows you even if you're a super athletic guy if you just don't have the technique down you might not get it um, the one that just popped into my head, and I don't know how much I loved it, love it as a, a challenge, but I loved it when I saw it, was when they had to go with the wheelbarrows and they had to crush, I don't know, the breakaway wood or whatever it was and put it through the grates. And then they had to fill up that um, that 
glass container. I thought that that was really exciting because like they're running back and forth and they're getting exhausted. And I know it was particular because it was like Jenna versus Tori. And so like, that was like, we're seeing like, oh, Jenna's going to turn it on. Like they thought that she was going to be a layup. And like, it was a very exciting elimination. So I don't know if it will translate with another two set of people uh, on this season, but I liked the drama of that one because it was so close and they were just getting so exhausted, so tired. And I enjoyed watching it. So we'll say that one. Yeah. Um, so going back to the daily challenge here, we have a daily challenge where they have got to run and collect puzzle pieces and then do, I think the top or the bottom, I can't remember what order it was. Oh. in. And then they also have to go into the water to go and do the second part of it. How did you guys feel about this daily challenge and how it played out? Um, when the teams were selected here from the start, it was very evident that the black team had a lot of some of the heavy hitters together. And somehow, I think most of the heavy hitter guys were all in the black team uh, together. And then in the green team, they did have uh, Jody and Kendall there who were pretty decent for the females in that team. But they did seem like they had the smaller team overall. Um, and it seemed like from the start, there was no surprise that that the black team was going to win it, just based on the experience, the amount of champions they had together there in that team. Um, I think it wasn't as suspenseful as it could have been going into this one. How did you guys feel about the daily challenge? Were you quite happy with this? For me, it was a little bit of a nothing burger personally. I was a little bit lower. I enjoyed the elimination more than Drew, but the, the daily for me was like, I don't know, it just wasn't wasn't the greatest and maybe thinking in hindsight now about it i'm hoping that we similar to last season see them sort of ramp up on the challenges the eliminations as we continue to go through the show i mean this is only the second daily we're seeing right now and only the second elimination so we can't be too critical of the show too early on right I really liked the this challenge. I think it really tested a, a bunch of different things. They had to work together. They had to have a lot of physical endurance and they had to do a puzzle. Um, I don't know if it was really well balanced. So I, I kind of had my money on the black team, no matter what. Um, I like more people on the black team. So I was rooting for them as well. The only thing that kind of took me out of it is that we saw in a lot of the previews that there's all these medevacs and people getting passing out and dehydration mm. and like having the... You know, I'm just like, I was just worried that somebody, I'm like, are we losing someone here? Like, what's happening? It's like, someone going to pass out? Like, it's really hot. And people are complaining about the weather and the heat. And I'm like, so I started getting nervous that said we're going to lose somebody in the game to heat exhaustion. So that's kind of took me out of really enjoying this particular challenge. Um, and, but I do like the, all the elements that they had in it. Um, I guess the only two changes I'd make is have the teams be a little bit more balanced. So maybe I usually like a good schoolyard pick. That's always fun because it shows where you are and how people, you know, think of you in, in these challenges and maybe just seeing them drink some water or something or be under in some shade because it just looks so hot. Yeah, that, I like this daily challenge. I think it's a good tester because it's testing who can work well with each other. What is everybody's like role? Whereas Tina was like yelling at everybody as some people were more of the worker bees uh, going to get the puzzle pieces and everything. So I think it was a nice like litmus test of like, okay, this is the type of player that you are. This is the type of player this other person is. And we're trying to work together, but this is such a big group. And you're also working on endurance and strength as you're like also testing your swimming abilities. And you get to see who is a strong swimmer and who isn't. So I thought it was good in that aspect. As the execution of it, I wasn't super high on because at a certain point, that first puzzle took majority of the time. And then once the teams got to the second puzzle, 
it went by like that. It was like quick. It was super mm -hmm. quick. So um, I think the execution could have been cleaned up a little bit. But yeah, I just thought that the black team was definitely going to win. The green team had too many cooks in the kitchen. They didn't have a clear vision. And uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was pretty decent, though. I actually pretty thought it was pretty good. I kind of agree with Caster here saying, oh, I guess he, he asks us what our opinion is, but I'm, I'm thinking he's probably not high on it. Um, what are your thoughts about forming their own teams? Personally, I would rather see a schoolyard pick or even something where potentially, you know, you've got different colored balls or like eggs with paint in them or something like that, that you smash balls with paint. So you similar like Survivor where there's like a random pick uh, element that comes to the teams because this way, for people that are new to the game that haven't played last season or don't have those relationships, then such a big disadvantage. So I would like to see a little bit more randomness come into it as well. Both these episodes now, we have seen them sort of picking their own teams. They're able to pick their own teams at this point. What do you guys think about that? Um, because that gives the opportunity for one team to just be that much stronger than the other team. And for me, I think that's half of the reason. I do think, in theory, the challenge isn't a bad challenge. I think probably, like you said, the execution and how predictable it was who was going to win this is what sort of um made me not enjoy the daily challenge as much as i i could have you know because i kind of felt like i could look away for a couple of minutes and look back and then see the result and i always knew what it was going to be yeah like i said like i i do enjoy the schoolyard pick i like it's showing like where alliance lies um who that people want to work with where you stand in you know with your other cast members um and it would have been more balanced because if you're gonna have to go guy girl guy girl guy girl you're going to pick who you think is going to be helpful and useful in this challenge back and forth and so i think that they would end up having the teams yes you will most likely choose your friend but usually people will choose someone that they like a little bit less but are stronger for the team than their friend when it's a schoolyard pick so i think it would have been more balanced and um maybe there would be cause for more drama yeah, I think it was bestly or it was best done in free agents where you just have TJ have the two bags of names, one man and one woman's, and then he just picks them and then they just go circling around. And I always like that idea of it. And I thought it was always done well in free agents. So, I mean, it's just as easy, but I think they're trying it out this season that they're just like, eh, pick it up. You do it. I'm doing <laughs> enough here. <laughs> Adrian here says that I liked um, Darrell's comment we got a lot of loud mouths and then the one below just said here as soon as Darrell said that it zoomed in on Jasmine Tina and Derek <laughs> within the team um, and also love Jasmine's confessional saying was I like Tina back then um, and yeah I mean she was pretty pretty loud as well back in the day and you know there was a lot of great confessionals here by Jasmine um, and a few others this episode Tina obviously a big big vocal point in this episode as well after she had a little bit of a cool down in episode two. Um, Drew, we're going to come over to you now to talk to us through what does the points look like, I guess, at this point when we're looking at um, the confessionals and everything that's going on. Um, and who are those people in the teams currently that are standing out at the moment? Let's say, so we had major points this episode because I decided to give five points to everybody who was on the black team. Yes, Darrell and Tina did were in the power stance and power couple of this episode, but it was a team effort. So over half yeah. the, the people on this cast got points, got five points. And uh, so we had a shakeup in the standings. We have a new number one, and that is Chantel in the triple digits. <laughs> oh, in the triple digits with 104 points. And can I just say well your top two scores are Jody, who doubled her confessionals this episode. She had like eight confessionals. 
absolutely destroyed it. And Tina, of course, uh, with the uh, win and all the confessionals that she was having. Chris, you're in second place by six points. Uh, behind her by six points with 98 points. Uh, Derek is your number one guy, of course. 22, uh, getting that challenge, two challenge wins now and 12 confessionals. And mm. Kahuta for getting that win, uh, that awesome. elimination win and a ton of confessionals because he was nominated. And uh, then it's me coming in at a very low 89. Uh, my guys are not getting confessionals at all. Tech has really been slowing down. Uh, yeah, what's Steve, going on there? I have no idea. Steve, Katie, Melinda. Luckily, they got some confessionals this time around, but it's very minimal. It's like two to one confessionals each episode so far. So if they don't last very long, then they're not giving me any points. So <laughs> I'm hoping like Steve goes into an elimination, gets like 18 confessionals and still wins somehow. Uh, but it's not looking <laughs> good for him. Uh, my number one earner is Nehemiah with 25. Um, yeah, I can see he that. Has the, he has the most points out of everybody right now because he mm. he's getting into fights. He's winning dailies and uh, people. a ton of confessionals. Yeah. He's getting everything. And then Ayana, because she was so heavily involved last episode and this episode, but she yeah. only has 17 points. So she's a full eight points behind. And that's my second highest. My next one is John a with 10 with 10 confessionals. That's all. Uh, so I need to make up some ground here, but I do have all eight of my players still left you so. know melinda is gonna be called in very soon like she's she's gonna be out of there um and don't. i mean i don't i feel like Steve could very easily come back but i it seems like he's a person that a lot of people seem to want to throw in so yes. depending on obviously who is in the power position um i could see steve going down there very soon big big goose egg i will say from janelle which i'm very surprised about I thought she was going to definitely have a lot more uh, confessionals. She has only gotten like, she hasn't gotten a confessional this episode or last episode, but she did mm -hmm. get a win on the team this episode. So she points. got five points and then Kendall still didn't get a confessional this episode either. So there's a lot of players. There's three players that didn't get them. And that was Kendall, Janelle and Latarian. All three didn't get confessionals this episode at all, which shocking. Yes, a lot of a lot of purple edits here from a few players. I mean, one player I do think at some point when he starts talking or gets his his episode or two, it's going to be tech. He's probably going to double his double when double your money. When he goes home, here. when he goes home, that episode will suddenly everything <laughs> will be tech, tech. <laughs> and they'll 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 just give us as much as they can because you know tech is confessional gold. But I think that's what happens when you've got an all star season the way that we've got here this season with so many great people that can talk in confessionals, so many big characters. Um, I, I would be more worried about the fact that we're seeing a lot of someone like Jasmine early on this season. They, they're getting their money's worth right now. They're giving her confessionals. She's talking because I don't think she's going to be there long term. Like, And I always knew that when I selected her. I thought, let me get the confessional points for when I can. But I am a little bit worried about her um, and her ability to go deep into this game. Um, you've got a couple of players there, I think, Drew, that, you know, with the sheer numbers advantage your chances are going to look better the longer the season goes on if you can continue to keep the numbers advantage here um i'm hoping that we'll have a bit more of a competitive season compared to season 37 um where you kind of blew us out of the water for most of it but you have to notice though the people that we've lost have been our last two picks right so that's true I, yeah. it would look like potentially even next week that it could be his last two picks to even up the board 
I could I could see it happening very easily. I was, so. I was about to say if if we keep on with this pattern, Steve and Melinda are in the hot seats. <laughs> right? I mean, Steve is. I mean, the preview for next episode, Katie is even yelling at Mad Steve. At him. Mm-hmm. And Steve's name has come up twice in two episodes or the two times that nominations have come up. So it mm. seems like he's living off a of borrowed time. That's why I'm hoping that if he's in deep water, that he gets a ton of confessionals. Come on, Steve. Give me some confessionals before you go. Slash, though, if I think about the preview, I felt it was that Katie was saying, like, you were, I thought you would protect me. So maybe he does win, but allows her to be somebody that's in the, the oh. pool for nominating, maybe. So that's a good, I, I, didn't, I didn't put that together, but yeah, I, it could be for sure. Definitely. But it also could be really misleading because they like to do that too. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Guys, I think that's all the main talking points. I do have Casty here saying in the chat, what do we think about the dissolvable shorts? We did talk about that um, earlier in the recap. I think we all loved it. And that is what Tina brings to the show is some pure entertainment um, at this point. Is there anything else, Chantel or Drew, that you wanted to touch on that we didn't talk about here for episode three of All Stars 2? I mean, I'll always have to say, like, throwing in some All Saints, never, ever, never, ever, ever. I'm just, like, living for the music. It's just, it, they all all the music, even in the elimination, they were just bringing me back to, like, high to school days. Venga Boys is coming. Like, it was just fun. Loved it. Um, and that's something else that I really like about All Stars. I, I'll probably say it every single week, is that they create a mood that I'm vibing with. I like the mood, the vibe people can't really do any wrong. Like even though Ayana was stepping out of turn, I think this episode, it was still good enough entertainment that I was like, okay, I'm here for it though. It, like with the, all the pieces of the puzzle, it works for me. I can get behind this because it was entertaining um, for the, for this episode. So I I'm loving the season. It could be because it's polar opposite to the main season. Um, but yeah, the music really, they're doing a very good job with just kind of sculpting how I want to feel about each episode and it's working really well for me so far. Yeah. Same here. Uh, the only thing I would say is that I felt this episode was very much rushed. Like I felt like it was going so quick because it was, they were trying to fit so much in. I would like to see, the opposite be where the main season is an hour and this (laughs) season be an hour and a half or a full hour, because I think just that much, we could get a little bit more of like seeing everything and get a more feel for it and get more vibing in with it. Because I think we got a good amount of drama daily elimination and nominations and everything. It just felt like at certain points that it was just like, we're just going like, we're just, you better hold on. And just white knuckle it because we're get, we're taking you to the end, and it's only going to be forty two minutes or forty five minutes. So, uh, but yeah. I love it. It's a great it's a great time. You definitely notice the difference in the storytelling between the two seasons. Where in thirty seven, there's a lot more time to just throw shenanigans in there and things that's got nothing to do with the actual trajectory of the episode. Where with this specific format and only having. 40 minutes or so of actual runtime, they have to keep it very tight focus on who's the people that are going to go. So you can predict very early on when you see certain people talk, okay, that's going to be the person like Sophie, when that thing happened in the beginning, okay, she's in the hot seat this episode, you know, so it makes it a little bit more predictable, uh, probably easier to podcast on as well. Cause when you're making the notes, you're like, okay, I only need to focus on these couple of things that's actually going to happen here this episode, but we, we missed some of the, 
the little conversations happening between people that, you know, I'm sure there's fans that for years have wanted to see some people come back and you don't get to see them interact on the show. And then more people get a purple edit because of the format and the amount of time that we have here for each episode. And we spoke about this before it's on Paramount plus. So I'm sure there's a way that they can figure something out in regards to hopefully making the, the shows a bit longer. Cause I would always have thought that on streaming services, you have got a little bit more, flexibility on the runtime that you put these shows on because there's not a schedule that they have to fit it in with another show happening straight afterwards um like ncis or whatever normally goes after survivor you know for instance and they have to like fit it into that specific young time sheldon. slot young sheldon there you go you know um so that's it here for us this week guys it's been great talking to you about um both these episodes here for the challenge and we will be back next week at 8 p.m eastern standard time uh to talk about the next episodes and i think we're getting pretty close to the end of the challenge 37 here so it'll be interesting to see um how many episodes we've still got left there as well and <laughs> we're going to move over here to drew and chantelle to talk about what's happening on their respective channels as well chantelle what's happening on your other channel reality realness with three s's <laughs> yes yeah, so three s's um in 11 minutes i'll go live talking about this episode <laughs> all stars three as well marathon um, with jonathan um so that would be really fun to just kind of go even deeper into what we love and hated about this particular episode and then i we we were invited to go and infiltrate Drew's channel. So tomorrow I will be going live with you two hunks over there uh, where we're going to talk about are we talking about everything? Everything's a challenge? I think it's like a free-for-all, right? Yeah. I, yeah, it's a free-for-all. I just want to talk about reality TV. Kind of go with the flow with the chat. Like, let the chat dominate. I'm sure we can filibuster on whatever we can yeah. and will. <laughs> so I'm cool with <laughs> Just having a free flow and having a nice hangout sesh. Yeah, I'm totally excited by that. Um, and then back on my channel, well, actually on Nerdtainment on Mondays, talking about doing our rankings for, whoa, this latest episode of Survivor. Um, definitely, definitely was probably the best episode this season. So we'll be doing a ranking of the players. And then on Wednesdays, we're pretty my full house day where I'll be doing The Bachelorette and doing Survivor, or doing The Bachelorette and The Challenge after the episode. And then Thursday's Survivor, but, you know. So we'll really, there. really big news here this week for uh, Survivor South Africa lovers. We've got season nine confirmed as the first all-star seasons for Survivor South Africa. And I know that, Chantel, you sometimes, I think you just got into Survivor South Africa. So the question is for both of us, what do we think about Survivor South Africa coming back for season nine? And also for those who don't know and have never watched any Survivor South Africa, now is the time to do it because Survivor South Africa season eight, which in my opinion is the best Survivor South Africa season to date. And there will be a lot of these players come back for season nine i'm pretty sure five or six of them we're seeing back in all stars um that has just dropped on paramount plus over in the u.s as well survivor south africa season eight so if you want to see a bit more survivor go check that out the accent is a little bit different but it is a lot of fun to watch yeah i mean i think i'm i was covering so um season eight with sarah from nerdtainment so i believe we're going to be doing season nine together uh the theme is outcast uh if i'm not mistaken so i do plan on maybe figuring a way to go back and watch seasons one to six which i haven't seen i might have seen season two like i feel like i've seen another south africa season i just can't remember which one um so yeah i do plan on maybe doing a rewatch if i can if i can get it in there quickly um just to catch up just so i know who all 
all the characters, all the outcasts are that they're going to bring back. But hopefully I will know a couple of them just watching recently, you say seven and eight. Um, I'm sure that they will draw from a lot of people that didn't win those two seasons. Um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to it. And I feel like it's going to be just a little bit more of the Survivor that I want. I'm loving Survivor US right now, but it's a little bit too twisty-twisty in a way that is not honoring the game of Survivor that I enjoy. And so I'll be happy to go and hang out in Survivor South Africa just because I know they're going to be good game players and good characters. Oh, massive, massive. One of those big game players is Palesa, who Caster wants to see back. She played in season six of Survivor South Africa, and I think Palesa and Sipe both in the same season could be absolute dynamite to see happen. So I'm really excited for that. And I know, Drew, uh, this is all things that you don't have much of a reference to because you haven't watched Survivor South Africa yet, but we'll we'll get you into season eight now that it's on Paramount+. Plus. I think you you need to, at some point, give it a little bit of a watch and um, we're more than happy to talk to you very about much it. enjoy it drew it is good good gameplay I was, I was getting ready for you to throw it to me and, go, and i'll just be like yeah season nine awesome i'm so glad it's <laughs> lit. let's do this thing such great players let's get this going i, I, I saw it on uh, paramount plus because i'm always on that uh getting clips and watching challenge so i'm, I'm i'll definitely check it out when i got time and uh yeah i've heard you guys talk about how great it is so i definitely gotta gotta check it out yeah, definitely. I look forward to talking to you about that at some stage as well. And there's enough people now that, you know, with Chantel doing it with Nertainment, us doing it here on Reality Pop as Survivor Worldwide, where you can even drop in as a guest and come and talk about the show if you get into it. So, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know, if you if you need someone to talk about and you want to you know get some, some strategy talk off your chest, you know, you're more than welcome on our channels to have those chats. Um, now, Drew, we're going to go over to you. What's happening on your channel? Obviously, myself and Chantel jumping on there to do that live stream with you uh tomorrow night which we're both very excited about um what else is coming up as well they're on your channel uh the live stream tomorrow at 8 p.m um I really not a lot going on besides the review and recaps and tiny table talk that i've been doing for the whole season really seeing through uh the challenge and everything uh we're got a lot of shows coming out like x on the beach that i'm thinking about covering because it's got some challenge players coming back to it and um I always had fun watching those shows, uh, but there's a lot going on. I'm looking to expand the portfolio, especially during the off season. And of course I got that car video that I've been desperately working on. I've just been chugging along here. There's a lot of holiday uh, seasons going on, but I'm going to definitely get it out in December, which I'm very much looking forward to it. Kind of like getting it off the chest, getting it off the back. And I'm thinking it's going to be like a long one. It's going to be like way more than DMS video and uh, Leroy's video. I think it's just going to be so long, but it's going to be worth it. And it's going to be fun to put together, but it's just going to be a lot. Uh, but I got a few videos go coming out there and uh, I just don't have a real set timetable, but definitely the review and recaps and tiny table talks. Yeah. And then obviously you'll be back here with us on 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time next week to talk about the next episodes of the Challenge 37 and uh, the Challenge All-Stars. And also on Reality Pop, we do still have two Survivor shows that are also coming out each week with uh, the Survivor buffs, uh, Adam and Gideon, and then also uh, Coach Drew with hot takes for Survivor each week as well. So keep an eye out for those as well. I'm not too sure who the guest was. I think Coach Drew actually was the guest on the Survivor Buffs this week, um, but I know that they are bringing in guests now that the merge has happened, and Survivor 41 um, has just had the biggest bombshell episode as well, so go and have a listen to the opinions of those people that are you know, recapping it each week, and as we've mentioned, towards the end of the season, us three will get together to 
have our very unqualified opinions about Survivor 41 as well at the end, but it should make for a fun recap of the whole season so far. It's been a fun season to watch. Um, that's it from us here this week, guys. Uh, Cast the thanks for dropping in for the first time here live, and thanks for also following Drew and Chantel on their channels. And um, everybody else that was in the live here today, great crowd, great questions as always. We really appreciate you, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>